yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was reminded this past week of when Joshua and the Israelites marched around those walls. And it was uncertainty and it was, hey, what do we expect for those six days? But on the seventh day, you say, shout, because the walls are coming down. So I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to take a moment to praise because we're going to see a victory. My family is seeing a victory. We've marched around the walls. We are going to see a victory. Amen. Amen. We're going to see a victory. Bring us into it. We're going to worship for a little bit more. Yeah. Victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. We move out of the way and I'm let it gonna move. I'm going to see a victory. Yeah. I'm going to see a victory. I don't know if you got a victory in your life, but you can praise to You can praise to this moment. I'm just going to have a moment. There we go. I'm going to praise I'm right now. Yes, amen, amen. Well, welcome, welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining in on that moment of praise this morning. Hey, man, can we, we can praise before I preach, right? We can praise before I preach. Amen. Thank you, this wonderful, awesome uh, worship team opening the door, getting us into the presence of God. Y'all give it up for our awesome worship team there, man. Awesome worship team, man. And so, like I said, if some of you are, aren't aware, man, my, my wife was diagnosed with uh, leukemia back in uh, end of May, uh, April, beginning of May. We've been on a six-month journey, man, of just chemo and all of this stuff, man. And last Wednesday, she got to ring that bell and uh, took her last bag of, uh, of chemo there. And so, amen, amen. And so it's just an honor, and I, I'm telling you right now, I will never stop uh, giving my thanks to you guys. I know somebody said, we don't need it, we don't need it. Man, I thank you guys. Our family cannot thank you guys enough for how you've come alongside us throughout this season, man. Like, everything counted, the thoughts, the prayers, the texts, man, the, the buffalo wild wings, man, the, the lasagnas, everything, everything counted, man. I'm telling you guys, and I thank you guys because you guys kept us encouraged. You kept us prayed up. You held our arms up when we got weak in the fight and weak in the journey, so I Thank you, guys. Man, y'all, y'all came around financially. GoFundMes and stuff like that. I'm telling you, man, you guys 
just did an awesome work. And so he really showed us what family looks like in the body of Christ. And so that's good. So I want to welcome back our women from the women's retreat last week. If you're a woman, there we go. Women back in the building. Fellas, turn to your wife, turn to your wife and say, I held it down, babe. I held it down while you was gone. And women, look back at your husband and say, you wouldn't have without that list I left you. <laughs> you wouldn't have made it. And so, no, it's awesome. Ladies, thank you. I'm glad you guys uh, modeled getting away and getting in the presence of God and just having, spending some time to be developed and just uh, restored. And, and that restoration heard so much about that uh, retreat there. And then uh, yesterday, the men got together. Men, make some noise. Let's go. Men in the house, we're getting together. And, uh, man, it was just so awesome to uh, share my testimony um, amongst those fellas, man, just the honor there. So I just love to see that, that God is bringing together um, each group, men and women, to uh, strengthen ourselves. And so that's been an awesome journey. Then I want to I wanna, um, um, put a little bit more on that announcement about Christmas in the D real quick. I got that announcement there. So this, is, this event, it's only $5, man. So, man, you want to get signed up. You want to get registered, man, with this event. We are going to really still step into a moment of gathering, a moment of community, man. And so Christmas in the D is going to be an awesome, awesome event. And so you want to make sure you get signed up. Like I said, it's only $5. So get your whole block, your whole neighborhood, and say, man, we going to this thing, $5 for an awesome experience. Um, um, and we would love to have you guys there. And then the Last thing, um, if you guys didn't know, for some of you who don't know, I'm the youth pastor here, uh, and I got an announcement about an event that's coming up. Our Big Chill 2022 is coming back. Man, we got this thing going on. Um, but you want to get silent. We want to get your kids signed up. Students, you want to get signed up because we're limiting our spots this year due to space and due to COVID. We don't want to pile all these kids up like sardines in there. And so we're going to limit spots. And so you want to make sure you get your kid registered. And I would suggest if you're a money saver like me, you probably want to get registered this month because you get the early bird special there. So, um, Get registered, man. We're going to have an awesome time at Big Chill this year, Big Chill 20, uh, 2022. And so, man, is it time? Are y'all ready? Can I share God's word today with y'all this morning? We ready? We ready and woke? Okay, y'all made it in the building out of that flurry of snow and whatnot. So I'm going to give y'all what God has given me. So if you can, grab your Bibles, grab your electronic readers, whatever you use to open up and read God's word, grab that. And would you stand with me? Because we're here at Grace. We honor the reading of the word of God. And so we're going to be standing. I'm going to be reading out a book of Luke, Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 30. Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 30. And I'll be reading out of NLT version. So if you're reading out of the books, that's underneath their ESV. Um, but I'm an NLT brother, so I like reading out of NLT. So that's what we're reading out of over here. So if you want to follow along, it's on the screen there. Now let's get started here. It says, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You shall not uh, commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You must not tr uh, testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard this answer, he said, there's only one thing you haven't done. Sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have uh, treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Then come and follow me. Then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. 
When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for rich to enter into the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. For those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for man is possible for God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid, will be repaid, will be repaid many times over. Somebody caught that in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Amen. Amen. Hey, I need y'all to help me with the title of my message this morning. Y'all to help me out. The uh, title of my message today is Guarantee. Say that with me one time. Say that with me. That's fun right there, huh? Say it with me. Say it with me. Guarantee. Say it one more time. Guarantee. One more time for the kingdom. Guarantee. All righty, man. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. Use me as your vessel, God, to speak a powerful word to your people today, God. And may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Kick off your shoes. It's going to be a good one today, y'all. Worship team, open the door for us. We about to have some fun in here this morning. Amen. 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 So let's get into this passage here because there's a lot to unpack here. And I want to make sure I have enough time there. So we look, we look at this text here, and what we have is this rich young ruler coming to ask what seems to be an innocent question on the surface. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so I say this was an innocent question because during their time, what we're reading here, these people would have only had the Scriptures or what we call the Old Testament. They wouldn't have had the New Testament. So teaching about eternal life wouldn't have been able to hit the scene because the person who can explain and describe what the kingdom of heaven was like had not come yet in Jesus. So here you have this man who could be at, who's asking a valid question. I think he's a good teacher. I've seen him demonstrate the power. I've seen him do some miraculous things. So man, let me ask you about this eternal life thing. So there's no big deal in that, right? Wrong. Because see, what we ought to understand and what Jesus is trying to get us to see here is that it's not what we ask, it's why we ask. It's not what we ask, it's why we ask. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all sit down and say some of those prayers sometimes, don't you? And it's covered up and whatnot. God, please, please, please let me get the promotion. You got to say why. Oh, oh, so that you can rub that promotion in that coworker's face and whatnot. Tell, I got it over you, yeah. Hashtag haters can't keep me down. Posting on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's saying, why? Why? Oh, 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 you want the promotion because you equate money and stuff because you have low self-esteem issues. You think the more money I make, the more stuff I make, the more, the, the more value I have. So, oh, that's why you want the promotion. Oh, God, 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 please, please, God, send me a husband. Oh, God, send me a wife. Oh, if not, God, just send, send somebody that'll look at me long enough to think I'm a trash. Just send somebody my way. But why? Oh, because you equate companionship with feeling a void of rejection, abuse, loneliness, 
Oh, that's why you're praying that prayer. Oh, it seems innocent on the surface. Oh, God, 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 please let me pass this test in school tomorrow. Please let me make the basketball team. Please let me make this team. Why? Oh, because that's the only way you feel that you'll get your parents' exception, uh, uh, attention or acceptance, huh? You see, we got to understand, it's not what we say or what we ask with God. It's why we ask it. What will God find when he peels back the layers to your banana question? Will he find a banana or will he find a pear? Or will he find something that, does, that you tried to dress up and bring to him? And see, so Jesus quickly deals with this, this, uh, this religious rich, this uh, rich religious man. He quickly deals with them because on the surface, what looks like a self-righteous act, because he's saying, I, 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 what do I need to do? So that's, that's alluding to the fact that I'm going to do something. If you tell me what I need to do to inherit, I'm going to do it. So on the surface, that looks like I'm about to self-sacrifice. But then Jesus pulls back later and he sees self-righteousness. That's why he says immediately, did you keep the commandments? And the man quickly, I did, I did, I kept those since I was young, self-righteousness. My acts, my, my righteous acts, I did those. But what we need to understand when it comes to following Jesus, it's not about how many righteous acts we can stack up or how many good things we can do or how many uh, sweet potato pies we can bake for Thanksgiving and deliver to somebody, no matter how many turkeys we can give out or whatnot. It's not about that. When we're following Jesus, it's all about self-sacrifice. Romans 1 says, lay down your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. He said, that's our worship to God. So he quickly peels back the layers of this rich young ruler's uh, question or whatnot. But that ain't even, that, that, that was an appetizer for y'all. That ain't even a message yet, y'all. That was just an appetizer, a pre-sermon to my sermon. Because he dealt with the rich man to start off with, but then he moved to the rock man. Y'all know who the rock man is. I got any Sunday school scholars in here. Who is the rock man? Who's the man that rock? Peter, there we go. Sunday school. Somebody get her some kids tokens so that she can get a sucker when she leaves here in the kids ministry. Y'all get that. Hey, Peter is the rock man. Jesus dealt with the rich man. Now he's dealing with the rock man. And the rock man comes in. And so you got to understand the rock man. You got to understand Peter's character to understand why I'm going with this uh, to where I'm landing this thing uh, here in a little bit. Uh, you got to understand who Peter was. And if you understand Peter's character, Peter was a hothead. Peter was impulsive. You would say Peter was risky. Other, other terms when I was studying this and whatnot, you could almost say Peter was a gambler. Maybe not in the, the literal sense, maybe actually I'll go and I'll get him, but he was a gambler. He took risk. And so when we're looking at this, this passage here, we see Peter, who I can see as I'm studying his character and knowing Peter, I can just see him getting frustrated through this whole dialogue that's going on. Jesus is talking to the rich man, and then he turns to his disciples and starts talking to them. And he's talking about how, man, it's hard for anybody to uh, enter into the camp. He's trying to help them understand that you're, you're, you, you, it's hard to enter the kingdom when your heart is uh, uh, tied to earthly possessions. And Peter is kind of like, okay, I can get that. I can, I can track with that. But now he's talking about somebody says, well, what can a person do 
and to be saved. And then he said, what's in, it's impossible for man. And now Peter's lost. He's talking, wait a minute. You, you're talking about I can have it, but it's impossible. And now Peter's just getting frustrated. And he steps to Jesus and says, well, we left all of our stuff for you. <laughs> I can see Peter doing this, huffing and puffing. My grandma would have said, boy, you're selling wolf tickets. You ain't going to whoop nobody. You're selling wolf tickets. And here Jesus, here is Peter. And all of his sense, trying to figure out what is this man talking about? We've left everything. We've left our homes to follow you. I was listening to a preacher preach about Simon Peter. And he talked about the inner war that goes on inside of us. The, see, Simon was the person before Jesus the fisherman, the person that was uh, uh, going through the seas and things like that, fishing or whatnot. Then you got the Peter, that, that, then you got Peter the rock, the person that Jesus is trying to get, him to, go, get him to grow to. And so we all have that. And that's my question for y'all this morning. What's your inner war? Who is that person, that, 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 that Simon, the person that, man, will pop off, you'll get ratchet, you'll go in on somebody. Oh, man, you will let them have it within a quick second. But then God is calling you to something else. He said, God, I know you want me to be loving. I know you want me to be loving, but I can't stand people. Oh, my God, I can't stand people. I know you want me to be loving. I can't stand people. God, I know, I know, I know, God, that you're calling me to be pure, and I know you're calling me to do these, uh, 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 to have uh, sexual integrity, but God, you know I struggle with lust and pornography. God, I know you're calling me to be clean and to lead people, but I'm a drug, I, I, I'm, I'm a drug addict and I'm addicted to, 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 to drugs and alcohol. What is your inner war this morning? Where are you trying to transition from the Simon who you were before, but now you're following Jesus and he said, I'm calling you to be Peter. And this is the inner war that we see Simon Peter going through. And Jesus, he does not rebuke Simon in this sense because we know Jesus could have quickly said, as Peter bucking up and said all this, he could have said, boy, you better back up. You know who I am. I'm JC. I'm OG. You better back up. I'll call legions down on you, homie. You better back up. Jesus could have bucked back up on him, but he didn't. Jesus took a humble approach. And he calmly called Peter and said, yeah, put that little bird chest down. But yes, brother, I got you. Yes, I assure you that whatever you left will be repaid. And see, some of us, y'all, you have to understand this. Because when we come to Jesus or when we start following or before we start following him, it's this conflict that goes on. What do I need to do? Who do I need to be? You think I got to completely change. I got to radically change and whatnot. But God is saying, no, no, no. It's some strengths that you have currently that I'm going to use when I'm calling you. This is what Peter was happening. That's why Peter didn't get kicked out of the group a long time ago. Hey, y'all, we two, two and a half years in. Some of y'all, Peter was doing like this since day one. Peter been tripping like this, y'all. Y'all know y'all can't even deal with people for five days that get to tripping like this. Jesus put up with this for two and a half years. And he said, look here, brother, I'm going I'm to keep rocking out with you. But Jesus says, hey, man, your, some of your strengths in that path, and that's as Simon, Simon, I'm going to use as Peter. And we need to understand that today, church. Some of the strength that you have and currently have, man, God is saying, man, man, no, 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 no. Don't think that you got to completely change. I'm going to use some of those strengths that you have, which is why I'm calling you. So that's the encouragement. But let me help you with a little insight here because our greatest strengths 
can become our greatest weaknesses when we're following Jesus if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to transform us in the process. Pastor Kevin, what you talking about? Okay, well, hey, some of y'all, you were here last week for Jason Wilson. Man, make it up. Make some noise for Jason Wilson last week, man. Awesome brother, man. Awesome brother sharing God's word. But some of us, some of, especially men, you can be strong. Your greatest strength right now is that you're strong and you're masculine or whatnot. But when you start following Jesus, that can become your greatest weakness because you won't be uh, 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 soft enough, compassionate enough, or loving enough because you're too strong and masculine. So in one state, it's your greatest strength. But when following Jesus, it's your greatest weakness. Some of you, your greatest strength right now is that you're loyal. But it can become your greatest weakness when you're following Jesus because you won't be able to know how to let people go that God is calling you to let go to move forward in your purpose and follow Jesus because you're loyal. What was once your greatest strength is now your greatest weakness. And if I'm being transparent and vulnerable this morning for a me, uh, like a, a God knew he could use that same humor and energy and all of that that I was doing, using clubbing and doing all of that, he knew he can use that same energy in my calling now, but it can become my greatest weakness being an extrovert, being uh, wanting to be around people. It can be my greatest weakness because the Bible says very few find this road. And when it gets lonely and you have a relationship with people, then you start questioning yourself. Am I on this right? Am I on the right road? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Your greatest strength can become your greatest weakness if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to grow you and transform you in the process. Somebody needed to hear that today. you got to let the Holy Spirit transform you in this process. And so now, Pastor Kevin, where are you going with this thing, brother? You're pretty good this morning. Where are you going with this thing? Come walk with me. Stay with me. Because what we have to see here and understand is as, as Jesus is trying to unpack with Peter right now, you got to understand there's a relationship behind this. Jesus knows the posture of Peter's heart right now. And as he's speaking to this man, he knows the posture of his heart. We can't see it. God has been revealing this whole passage to me as I've been studying the last couple of weeks about this. He's unpacking this thing, and he knows the posture of Peter's heart, and he knows Peter has the characteristic of being a risk taker. He, he's, he's, he's risky. He's impulsive. He's, a, like I told you before, he's a gambler. And so Jesus is trying to get Peter to see, it's okay that you come to me in that sense. It's okay that you come to me off of a risk. Some of you may be thinking, man, should I give my life to Jesus? Should I follow him? Man, I might. I don't know, man. Like, dude, I'm scared, man. I'm, I'm I want to give my life to him, but, man, I ain't got everything together over here. Man, I, want, I, I might give my life to him, but, man, I don't know about following all those rules. You're not sure. You better, you're ready to take a gamble or a risk on him. And Jesus said, that's fine. You can do that. I'm okay with you not understanding. That's why Jesus always tells people to follow. He said, come and follow me. That's what he's trying to tell the rich man. Come and follow me. There's some things I can't tell you about or I can't do unless you see it happen. And so he's saying it's okay for you to take a gamble on me, but what needs to happen is in the process, he's not demonstrating, declaring, and displaying the, the kingdom of God just for funds and giggles. He's saying, I'm trying to get your gamble to a guarantee. Y'all was waiting for that. Where is that going to come in at? He's trying to take our gamble and get it to a guarantee. You can come to God off of taking the risk. You can come to him scared, not knowing what to do. He's saying, come and follow me. But he's saying, in the process, I'm trying to get your gamble to a guarantee. And you have to be yielded and let that process happen. 
Because, see, you got to understand, this is where the powerfulness come in that God has just been laying on my heart throughout this whole thing. He was saying, when you get to a guarantee, you start fighting from victory and not for victory. Oh, man, I'm telling you, oh, somebody caught that right there. You start fighting from victory and not for the victory. Pastor Kevin, what does that mean? What do you mean right there? Because, see, i got to give you an example for, uh, of, of what I'm talking about in my life particularly and just this season that we've been in and, and about how fighting from the victory and not for the victory changes the posture of your heart and how you approach situations. So I remember that moment when my heart and my posture changed throughout this last six-month journey that we were going through with this, this chemo and everything. I remember going into it. Then when we first got the news that my wife had COVID or whatnot, man, I'm getting cotton mouth. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Uh and so I remember that, um, y'all can edit that RW, you can get that RW, edit that out, man, because this was so good, that's just going to throw it off. <laughs> RW's like, no, that can't happen, we want it all. Hey, so my wife was going through this, uh, we were getting ready to go through this whole process, and I'm telling y'all, we started it out, we started it out in the, I started out fighting from the victory. So whenever my wife would tell me when we went through the process, man, we, we cried the first time we got home and knew about the news, but then we bucked up. We said, okay, we got this thing. So that Monday we go into the hospital. We know that my wife got to be induced and have, she, she's having a baby with no medication, with COVID and cancer. And so I don't know how she made that out. Or I mean, how we made it out because I was there too. I feel like I had the baby too now, but no, I'm just messing with y'all. Ladies, I don't want to take nothing from y'all when it comes to that. But, but, but she's had all of these things. But even in the midst of that, we said, okay, God's got a plan for us. We got this thing. So we're still fighting from the victory. Man, in the process, my daughter, towards the end of uh, um, her induction stuff, she winds up getting um, an infection in her foot or whatnot. And, and uh, uh, she has to have surgery or whatnot. I'm still, we're still fighting from victory or whatnot. But I'm taking blows. I'm, taking, I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. The things just keep unraveling, keep unraveling. Our son's in the NICU and things are happening there. So, but we're still fighting from the victory. I'm still encouraged my wife. We're going to be all right. It don't look like it's going to be all right, but I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm still fighting for victory, but I, mo- I remember the moment when everything changed. It was after her first round of uh, consolidation chemo, when the unexpected happened. We thought, hey, she's going to come in for a week, get the chemo, be home, and that's it. Then she's going for our next round, but not this first round. She goes in, get this week of chemo. Ten days later, she's back in the hospital, and it's all red flags. We don't know nothing about this. All we know is her numbers have dropped to zero, and we're like, hey, when a person is depleted, they're depleted. So we don't know what's going on. And so now my posture switched from fighting for the victory, and now, I mean from the victory, and I'm fighting for the victory now. And what does that mean? Hey, man, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I'm going to win or not. I'm just trying to get the I'm fighting for it. I'm like, I got to get the big. When my wife was leaning on me to try to encourage her and to speak life into her. I couldn't do it. I just was like, hey, babe, I, I, don't, I don't know right now. I, 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 I can't give you an answer, babe. We just have to wait and see. Because I don't want to give you any more false hope. When, I, when, I, when our daughter had to go in for the second surgery, the third surgery, I'm like, man, by this time, I'm like, man, I, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? You see the posture change? I'm fighting for victory now. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going on. My guarantee is gone. I had given my guarantee away to my circumstances. My circumstances, situations had to guarantee, not me. But I'm here this morning to tell you that the thing switched. (laughs) The thing switched. The thing switched. 
right before I was preparing this message, and I'm glad. See, you got to understand, I'm a person that God has to work through me when I'm, before I'm preaching a message. So you know you're getting a real authentic one. God has to whip me up. I ain't one of them preachers that Google do all that. Man, this is life right here. God had to whip me up with this. So about two, three weeks later, when my wife went in for this last round of chemo, hey, man, I said, we got our fight back, baby. We got our fight back. Hey, she keeps saying it's going to be like it. No, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Doctors are saying it's going to be a week or whatnot. She's going to be back. They plan Shut your mouth. It's going to be different because we fight from victory and not for the victory. And God sent me here today to tell somebody, grab your guarantee back. Grab your guarantee back. Some of y'all have been fighting for victory and your posture has changed. And God is sending me here this morning to say, grab your guarantee back. Snatch your guarantee back. Stop fighting for the victory and start back fighting from the victory. And see, when you start fighting from the victory, obstacles aren't oppositions, they're opportunities. When you fight from victory and not for victory, obstacles become opportunities. Opportunities for what, Pascal? Well, James 1 says, be uh, counted all as joy when times of suffering comes. Come on now, somebody felt that. Count it all as joy. When suffering comes, what does that mean? Get excited. Oh, I got an obstacle coming, baby. It's coming. Oh, baby. Come on, because I'm being strengthened now. And that's what he's saying. James is saying you got to get to a place where your obstacles look like opportunities to grow in your faith, to become stronger, to become wiser, to become uh, 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 more, more equipped, to, be, to gain more knowledge. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're choosing or if you're thinking about following Jesus or you want to follow Jesus Christ or you're already following Jesus, let me tell you right now, I got to drop some news on you. Jesus does not avoid obstacles. Jesus does not avoid obstacles. He presses into them. Jesus presses into obstacles to obliterate them. Jesus don't just jump over obstacles and say, oh, that obstacle's still there. Oh, I'll make sure it's good. No, Jesus goes to, presses through obstacles to obliterate them. That's why when he went to the cross, he was able to endure it. And the cross is no fitting. The death, hell, and the grave, it's not a thing anymore because he obliterates obstacles. And you got to understand, if you're going to choose to follow Jesus, to come and follow him, you got to believe that every obstacle is an opportunity to grow stronger. Church, we got to stop uh, getting to a place where we feel defeated because situations and circumstances happen in our life, even if they are unexpected. Sometimes those are the best ones because you ain't got time to prepare. See, some of those ones that we prepare for, oh, man, we can put it on ourselves. Yep, I prayed 10 times. I uh, read my Bible. I fasted for three days. Matter of fact, I fasted 40 days for this right here. I'm ready for this obstacle. I'm ready for it. She said, no, 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 no. I got to throw something at you because I need you, to not be, I need you to not be ready. Because when you're not ready, then that means I can step in. That means you have no choice but to get down on your knees. That means you have no choice but to say, I know I usually do this in a day, but I got to go on my break today and I got to go worship Jesus. I know we usually go to Wendy's and get that four for four, but no, no, no. I got to go spend 44 minutes with Jesus Christ and on my knees and worshiping and praying because this obstacle is going to be seen as an opportunity. And that's where we got to get to, church. That's where God is calling us to get this morning. So what now, Pastor Kevin? What now? Well, the band's going to get ready to come up. If the band, if you start making your way up here, the band's going to get ready to come up. See, y'all messed up. 
putting me and Morphe together. We're going to have some church in this day. Y'all messed up. Because as I've been preparing this message, God has been working on my heart and saying, this is not just about you. I had, I believe this is about six pages of notes. My studies, I probably had about 10 to 12. But y'all don't even get that. God said, that's for you. But what you, go out, what you go out there and do, I need you to understand. That, yeah, you got your guarantee. You learn how to, you learn how to snatch your guarantee back. But what about my people? There's somebody in here this morning. You don't got your guarantee. You're gambling. You're in risky business right now. You are taking a gamble on God. And I don't want us to miss this moment, this moment, this opportunity that we're going to get ready to go into. You can keep, you can stay in that place that you are right now, and you can keep feeling miserable. You can keep feeling worthless. You can keep feeling like, hey, I don't know, I don't know where my life is going. I don't know what this is. Or you can use this opportunity to say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm getting my guarantee back. And for some of you, it's not even about getting it back. It's about getting it in the first place. Because can I tell you right now that this guarantee that I'm talking about is what Jesus wrapped up by telling telling Peter. He says, I assure you that everyone who has given uh, given up house or wife or brother or parents or children Listen, catch this, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Not, not, not for your sake, not for the sake of looking good. He says, for the sake of God. See, you have to choose to follow Jesus and make him the only option. That's where this assurance comes from. That's, where he, that's the posture that Jesus is coming from. And then he said, I will, you will be repaid. So for some of you, you need to get the, you need to get the guarantee for the first time. And so what are we going to do here? is I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to, you just, you can be dismissed after I pray or whatnot. You can go out. You can get back to the house or whatnot. But we're, we're, we're going to have a, a, a moment. I'm going to have, just like we do at the end, prayer or whatnot. Hey, man, if you need to get your guarantee back, then you come on down here. If you need to get your guarantee for the first time, then you get down here. But don't walk out of those doors without your guarantee in your hand, without seeing your victory. That's what we're getting ready to go into. I'm going to see a victory. I am going to see a victory. I don't care what circumstance, what situation you're going through right now. Put it off to the side. You may be, it may, you may be heavily burdened right now. I ain't listening to that, that, Kevin. No, no, no. I'm telling you, do not leave out these doors without getting your guarantee back. And so I'm going to pray. After my prayer, man, you are dismissed. Don't stand there awkward like, is we going to go or not? No, I'm telling you right now. After I pray, man, you are dismissed. You are more to go. Hey, God, I've done what God needed me to do. He speaks to you in your heart. But if he's saying, I need you to get your guarantee back, I need you to come down here. Be prayed for. Share your heart. John the Baptist says, when he hit the scene, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
That means your guarantee is at hand. So there's a people who got together and prayed before the service, and this is, this is what they heard. They feel like someone's uh, dealing with uh, a right arm issue, someone's struggling for food and sleep, someone needs to know that they are safe when they are overwhelmed, uh, seeking, someone's seeking strength and joy of the Lord, um, someone may be open to hearing, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit, um, these last two, seeking um, healing of the mind, and then a reminder that God is not limited. So if any of those things resonate with you, also join us down here in prayer. And if not, if, if, if you have something else or what, like I said, don't leave this moment opportunity. What does that mean coming down to the, it's just It's your step of saying, God, I'm going to come and follow you. Sometimes we need to actually visually do that. You're walking down, it's just similar. Okay, I'm coming to follow you. And so if we got, if our prayer team is here, I always do this to the prayer team. I always, I always give them all that. Like prayer team, if y'all want to come down and get prepared and receive people here um, and we can pray for them there. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. In a moment of vulnerability, in a moment of transparency, in a moment of, God, we're laying down our, wor- our worries, our cares, our doubts, our shades, all of those things. We're coming to you right now. And God, we're asking that you give us our guarantee. God, don't let us leave here without understanding and knowing that no matter what trials, situations, circumstances that we face, that no matter what, we have the victory. So we can fight from the victory always and not for the victory because we already have it. We already have it. So God, I pray in this moment, that you speak heavily to someone and that their life be changed and transformed forever because of what Jesus did on the cross. God, we give you the glory for this morning, give you the glory for this message, give you the glory for the worship, give you the glory for this whole morning, God. As we go off on our Sunday today, God, let the posture of our hearts change because of what you've spoken to us this morning. And God, may, be you, may you be glorified in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen, 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 amen. So like I said, you are dismissed. You are dismissed. If you're not you, I need you down here. I need you getting your guarantee back because we're going to see a victory. Yeah, I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Don't leave without your guarantee. Victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord.
to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. 